Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we're going to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Matthew chapter 19, verses 25 and 26. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So I think when we focus in on verse 26 right away, I think we as Christians use that verse all the time. With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Even just that phrase, with God all things are possible. I think it's important to remember the context that it's given in. It's talking about salvation here. And ultimately, it is good to apply that all things are possible with God to our day-to-day life. But why would Jesus make this point here? It's talking about the, it's the whole section is the, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter eternal life. Mm-hmm. So, your comments, Pastor, on this would be, my question would be, how do we understand this impossibility then as a believer? Yeah, so uh, I think the way, I'll start maybe the way to misunderstand this is God's going to allow me to do anything I want to. So you can see, actually, this Bible verse is on my on my wall. It's a piece of art hanging right there. Nice. Um, and uh, you can look at that and misapply it thinking, um, as long as I have God on my side, I can do anything I want to. And the, my analogy to this is one of my favorite movies growing up was uh, Space Jam. Watch Space Jam. Oh, yeah. I remember my brother getting it when he was for his last sixth birthday or something like that. And we watched that movie every day for like two months. <laughs> um, but the, but the, the theme song of that is, uh, I believe I can fly, I believe I can touch the sky. And the idea behind it was basically if you believe it hard enough, it can happen. And that's, that is the wrong understanding of this word. That you you know, It's not like... If you just believe in God hard enough, if you just have God on your side, you can reach your arm halfway across a basketball court and slam dunk a ball from half court. Well, you have five monsters hanging from your your legs, right? <laughs> like that's the idea behind the movie Space Jam. But that's not what you know. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's not how we should think of it. As you know, I can uh, uh, that God's going to enable me to accomplish any feat of strength or amazing uh, ability. But, you know, that's that's not the message here. This is talking about, as you say, the realm of salvation. So there Jesus gave that warning about it's uh, easier for uh, a camel to go through an eye needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, this is a very serious warning, I think, especially for us today in 2023, living in the richest nation in the history of the world with more material blessings than... 99.9% of people have ever experienced in their entire life. I mean, just, you know, we're sitting in this office and how many books do I have on my shelf? You know, people didn't have books for thousands of years. Uh, I have a com- two computers sitting here on my desk. We both have computers in our pockets. Which you could talk to anybody in the world at any time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, you were in Israel across on the other side of the world and you were able to t- talk to your wife, not just on the phone, but with FaceTime, right? right? You're able to see your wife on the other side of the world, you know, so there's so much, so many material blessings that, you know, for us to say, well, I'm not that rich. You are so rich in comparison, not just to the world, the world in general right now, but the history of the world. We are all incredibly blessed 
materially right now. So when you think about all that and you think about, you know, you are the, you know, you talk about the, the world talks about the 1%, the richest people in the world. You are the 1% in the history of the world of people. You are the 0.1% really. <laughs> and uh, no matter how wealthy you are right now, you have a TV on your wall, you have a car you drive around, you have a cell phone in your pocket. You are the 0.001% in the history of the world. So you are super wealthy. And now here Jesus gives you this warning. It's easier for a camel to go through that needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. That scares me a little bit, <laughs> as it as I think it should. That scares the disciples too. Obviously. Yeah, they were greatly astonished. So then, who then can we say? So in twenty twenty three, who can we? Say, if we're all rich, if we're all, if we're all surrounded by material wealth and distraction, who can be saved? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. End of podcast. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. I mean, the disciples were onto something there. Nobody's going to be able to be saved because we're all distracted by these worldly things. And Jesus makes that point. Yeah, it's impossible for man to save himself. I read that in John chapter 1, that uh, without God, without, you know, not by will of the flesh, nor by human design, but by the will of God, you know, we, we are believers. And what a blessing that is. And so I think that's an important phrase to understand with God. All things are possible when it comes to faith. And so we get so caught up in trying to, and that we shouldn't pray for like someone who's going through, we have people that we're praying through with going through cancer that, yeah, God can do miracles still today. But ultimately we need to rejoice, I think as you were saying, and the, the, the biggest blessing that we have is the miracle that the Lord has already resurrected our dead faith to a living faith and a, and a new hope that we have in Christ. So the confidence that we have with what Jesus' words here I think are, are greatly astonishing because he has given us life, he's given us faith in this in this sense, which would be impossible because we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And so the joy that we have as Christians is the astonishing thing is that we, we are saved, we, we do have faith in the Lord, and we are far richer than the richest people in the world because of the treasure the Lord has given us of that life and salvation. So I have ginormous uh, sausage-like fingers that are, I have a very hard time threading a needle, is what I'm saying. Okay. So, I, you know, the needle has a teeny tiny little hole on it, and I have a hard enough time getting a, a thread through through that teeny little the eye of a needle, right? And so, what chance do we have of shoving a camel through that eye of a needle? It's impossible. Yeah. That's the point Jesus is making, right? And you have as much point, as much of a chance of getting a camel through that, that, that eye of a needle than you do to decide that you're going to say, that you're going to believe in Jesus. That's that's the equivalent Jesus is making. You have as much chance of shoving a camel through a needle hole than you do of deciding on your own that you're going to be a follower of Jesus. And yet, you do. Why? Not because you made that choice, but because God gave you that faith. With man, that's impossible. With man, it's impossible to shove a camel through a needle hole. But with God, if he wants that camel to go through that needle hole, he, he will. And that's what he did for us, right? He chose us, and he, he makes us his disciples. And because of that, now we have faith in our heart that says, you know what, these material things... They're not important to me. They don't matter to me. They're not significant to me and my eternal goals and my, my even my, my earthly goals. Those things don't matter. What, mo- what matters the most are my heavenly treasures, and that's where I'm going to store up my treasures because that's what, what and how God calls me to live now as, as a child of faith. I think you can extend it to our day-to-day life and our prayer life too because this, faith, this phrase is basically used with Mary when she was questioning how the Savior could be born from her womb without ever 
being intimate with a man. Yeah. And the angel says the same thing. You know, with God, all things are possible. And she trusted that. And so I think in our prayer life, too, we can pray for those miracles in our life that we want the Lord to do. Of course, pray in the way that Jesus did, that his will would be done. So I think that's just a nice application. That it's, it doesn't just have to do with our salvation. It also has to do with our day-to-day life, but trusting that God's will is always best since we already know that his will is for us to be saved too and has accomplished that on the cross as well. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for doing the impossible and bringing us wretched sinners, dead in our trespasses and sins, to life through your gospel, through the Holy Spirit that's worked that faith in our heart, who's made us alive with the joy and confidence that you live in us. Lord, continue to bless us as we rejoice in what that confident that confidence means day to day, not just for our eternal life with you, but the confidence that you will carry out your good and gracious will throughout our lives, accomplishing and answering all of our prayers according to your wonderful plan for us and for those around us. Lord Jesus, we pray that you give us this confident hope again today and give us joy throughout our day and throughout our lives, knowing that you've already accomplished the impossible for us and given us that victory over death itself. Lord, as we look forward to our eternal life with you, help us to share this joy and love that we have for you with others. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple updates and reminders for you this week. Uh, This evening we continue our online Bible study. We did 2 John last week. Today is 3 John. Um, so similar letters, but some some little differences there. So. Some tough stuff tonight. It goes in depth. It talks about homosexuality. It talks about uh, Balaam and oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's some interesting stuff okay. in there. So join us. Yeah, good night to join us for for that. Uh, last night we had our recess voters meeting, our annual voters meeting. Uh, touched on a number of things. Probably the biggest one was uh, uh, approving a plan. Well, approving some setting some funds aside for the fixing of the school roof. The voters approved that. Um, some setting aside a significant amount. Was it over over hundred? Hundred twenty thousand, I think, was, yeah. was up, up to one hundred twenty thousand. They have one bid in already. They're looking at a couple of other bids um, to to get the school roof fixed. But uh, it has to get done. Yeah, I mean, if you've been paying attention, we've had leaks here the list couple times this year, and um, we've had a number of guys stood up during the meeting last night and talked about how the the rubber roof up there is just wearing out. So it's it's. 10 to 15 years past its its life, I was told. Um, of course, the school is over 50 years old now, so uh, uh, it's just something that's going to need to be done. So they approved that that the spending of that money. Um, most of the time last night was spent on just reviewing the uh, budget, uh, the final report from last year's budget, and then looking forward to 2023. Uh, last year, God blessed us greatly with a, a, a surplus. We went over by I think thirty-two thousand or something like that. Uh, so praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's amazing. You know, it seems like every year we're wondering if we're going to make the make budget by the end of the year. And, and praise God, we came in over a hundred percent on our on the uh, what we budgeted for income and plate offerings. So um, thanks be to God for uh, moving cheerful hearts to give to the Lord who so graciously gave to them. Uh, so that surplus from last year, they uh, the voters decided to finish paying off the gym floor uh, with that extra money. So I think there was something like five thousand something left in the on the the books for that. So that's going to be paid off and finished up, and then the rest of it's going to go toward into major improvement, which is where that roof uh, that roof money is going to be needed. So uh, that'll help pay for the the school roof. Typically, we usually try to do the um, Allen Omanson, who's our 
church secretary will have the voters' minutes too, so you can watch for that in the bulletin in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll send out the minutes minutes from this, but uh, I like to kind of chat through some of these. Oh yeah, that's too, good. So in case you miss anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then uh, uh, for the next year's budget, uh, there. If I'm remembering it all right, they've uh, elected to give about a 2% raise to our called workers, um, and uh, they raised tuition uh, somewhere in the 3 to 5% range um, in the school this year as well. So that was most of the things that had to do with an upcoming year's budget, but that all got approved, and uh, we're moving forward then, so we'll be working on uh, finishing up, putting all those final things into the uh, annual report, and then we'll have digital copies available and, and some hard copies available too in the next couple of weeks so you can keep an eye out for that. Is there anything else from the voters' meeting that? Uh, that the synodical budget was set too, so oh, yeah. uh, our, how we support the CLC, the college, seminary, and missions and so forth. So that was set, it, it was, the budget was quite a bit higher, so uh, we tried to give a, a good estimate of what we thought we could make based on the last few years, but right now for the budget we're trying to meet, which is up in June. Uh, we're looking pretty good for that so yeah I think so it's a, the CBP is what it's called but uh, if you're looking on your envelopes which I know the envelopes are coming and they're not there yet so apologize uh, for that but uh, it's just the one that says missions um, that that goes to the cooperative budget plan of the CLC and that helps as you say fund the uh, uh, ILC in Eau Claire and it also helps fund the missions overseas um, so that that money gets split up kind of that way so um Let's see, that's about it for the voters meeting. Uh, feel free to reach out to any of your, uh, any voters or pastors or teachers if you have any questions about that. Uh, happy to speak to you about that. Uh, Whitewater camp was this past weekend. Uh, Pastor Radical went with uh, our young people. How did that go? Yep, yeah, sorry I've been gone so much, buddy. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> uh, it went really well. So it was Friday through Sunday. Uh, we had the theme of Heroes of the Bible, so we focused on a number of different Bible people and looked at their flaws, but look at how the Lord used them and blessed them and their example. So we, that was our theme in our studies over the weekend. And so it was a really beautiful day Friday when we got there and uh, we did a lot of hiking and it just got progressively cold throughout the whole weekend. So I think we're all pretty much ready to come home by Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully we have the nice fire going on in the, the lodge there. So uh, there was about a dozen that came down from Eau Claire with Prof. Gullard and Pastor Schaller, and uh, we all had a good time, played games, did some good Bible study, ate well, and did some nice hikes and visiting. Give me some examples of your heroes of faith that you guys went through. I went through uh, Ruth the Moabitess and the, the slave girl, so I just compared and contrasted that. Pastor Schaller, Which slave girl? The, the Jewish slave girl that uh, did mention to Naaman, the oh. Syrian commander, that... Uh, Elisha could, the man of God could help him. So kind of witnessing her faith there in a tough situation. Uh, so Ruth was the hero that gave up everything to follow the Lord. And the slave girl was the one who lost everything and still followed the Lord. Uh, Pastor Schaller in the worship service on Sunday went through Moses and all the excuses that he made. And yet the Lord made a hero out of him, even though he was a very unlikely candidate from his own attitude. And then uh, Mr. Bush and... Uh, Mr. Gullerud both went through some other ones as well that I can't remember right now, but they All were right. they were good too. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, coming up uh, at the end of near the end of this month, I guess February twenty second. It's kind of an early Ash Wednesday this year. Uh, February twenty second, we are uh, we'll start our season of Lent. 
Um, this year we are considering the theme Amazing Grace. Uh, it's the 250th anniversary of the writing of that hymn, Amazing Grace. Um, and it's uh, something that we'll uh, uh, be focusing on, kind of similar, I think, to your Whitewater theme. We'll be looking at di- how God's amazing grace worked in different people's lives um, uh, throughout Bible history and uh, look at certain verses that speak to uh, uh, that grace at work in these, in these people's lives. So it'll kind of be, each week will be kind of a profile of a different person in the Bible and speaking again to their flaws and their sin and how they needed that amazing grace of God and how that worked in their, their hearts and lives. Yeah, it struck me when you just said that, you know, we talk about universal justification and individual justification, and we've been talking about that a lot in a Roman study, but, you know, you really think about it, really what that is, is universal grace, and now the people that we're talking about is, you know, very specific. How did God show them mm-hmm. his grace? And he shows all of us, but to the, in a very specific way, so I'm looking forward to that. Amazing grace. Should be good. Uh, this weekend is uh, Holy Communion, so we've had five Sundays in the month of January, so it's been some time since we've uh, had Communion. Um, uh, this weekend, Pastor Radical is preaching. Do you want to talk about maybe how we can pre- prepare our hearts a little bit for Communion this weekend? Yeah, from our Catechism days, maybe we remember the Christian questions, and we're reminded of 1 Corinthians 11, 27-29. The Apostle Paul says, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So it's a good reminder for us as we begin to prepare for the Lord's Supper this coming weekend. You know, during his ministry, Luther prepared this series of questions to help and examine oneself before communion. So these are found in Luther's small catechism. Here's just a few of them. So do you believe that you are a sinner? We would respond, well, yes, I believe I am a sinner. Well, how would we know this? And we know from the Ten Commandments, which we know we have not kept any of those. We know when we've broken one, we're guilty of them all. And we've broken them all in thoughts and words and in actions as well. Are you sorry for your sins? Well, yes, I'm, I'm sorry that I've sinned against God is our typical response, right? Are we, do we have that contrition? Do we have that sorrow and repentance? If we don't, really, we don't have any business coming to the Lord's Supper to receive that, again, personal grace that Jesus gives to us. What do you deserve to receive from God because of your, because of your sins? And I think this is that honest assessment that we know we deserve God's anger. We know we deserve our death. And ultimately, if we're going to be really honest, if we know we've broken the law, we, we know we deserve eternal damnation. That's, that's God's punishment. It's not what we made up. It's what God says his punishment is for sin. So our, our follow-up question, Luther would write there, do you also hope to be saved? What kind of hope do we have? And we'd say, well, yeah, this is my hope that I'm going to be saved and go to heaven. And so who do we trust in? We don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in our own works. We trust in our dear Lord, Jesus Christ. It was his work that saved us. And that's why I like to remind us that we have that confident hope in Christ our Savior. It's not, it's not a wish-washy hope. It's, he's done it. It's completed. It is finished on the cross. Who is ultimately Jesus Christ? And this is a very important thing. I, I ran, ran into this a lot overseas. Jesus Christ is God's son, true God and true man. He was the only one who could pay that debt, and he did it once and for all, perfectly for us. And in the Lord's Supper, it's not just a memorial meal. We certainly remember what he's done. It's a sacrament. It's a sacred act of what he declares and assures us of, his forgiveness. And so those are the things we want to be thinking about as we approach the Lord's altar this weekend to receive his true body and blood with the bread and wine, a miracle in the real presence, that they're both present there, and that real declaration that our sins are forgiven. Just like you have a loved one say, I love you. It means something at that moment. It's declaring something to us. And Jesus is doing that for us again too. He's forgiving us those sins, reminding us that our life is with him. 
So good, uh, some good questions to ask yourself as you prepare for communion this weekend and, and some things to think about. You know, uh, it's important to be prepared, as we've talked about, because um, the Lord's Supper isn't something we just do and take lightly without thinking about it. It's, it's really the true body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sin. So uh, we, uh, we, we do well to prepare our hearts for the receiving of that sacrament this weekend and pray the Lord to bless each of you who will be receiving it this weekend. As far as our prayer list for uh, for this week, we continue to keep uh, our cancer patients in our prayers. Tom Jensen, Carrie Dale, John Hine, Norma Carlson, uh, all in different stages of cancer treatment um, or hospice care. So we keep, we'll pray the Lord to keep blessing, keep each one of them. Uh, I mentioned this past weekend in church, we're praying for Peyton Carlson. Uh, Peyton, the young girl who uh, went, you know, came home sick last Thursday and by Saturday night was in Rochester having... Uh, surgery on her sinus uh, because this infection had spread near to the near to her brain. Um, so it, it sounds like that was successful and went well. Um, God willing, she'll be returning uh, home soon. So we praise God for for His great deliverance there. Very scary situation. You know, I I have a first grade daughter myself. It's just hard to imagine how quickly that can all accelerate and how quickly your life can change. And it's a good reminder for all of us. You know, it helps us prioritize what's really most most important in our lives, and that's our relationship with our Savior, Jesus. I mentioned also this past weekend uh, prayers for Pastor Eichstead. Um, Pastor Eichstead is, uh, for for quite a few years now, he's been the president of our synod. He had that health scare. We prayed for him a couple weeks ago. Um, In connection with his health uh, issues, he has uh, decided to resign as the president of the CLC. Um, He's still working as a pastor, still doing the important ministry down there in in, uh, Middleton, Wisconsin. But uh, Middleton, is that right? No, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, praying that, uh, uh, continuing his ministry there, but he's decided to relie- relieve himself of the duties of president uh, at this time. So uh, his vice president, President Michael Wilkie of Saginaw, Michigan, has taken over as president. Uh, so we pray both for the health of Pre- uh, Pastor Eichstead and also for the uh, for the Lord to bless Pastor Wilkie with strength and wisdom to fill that office as president of our, of our synod. Which brings us to the wisdom of, of Solomon's Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 25 today. Pastor Radical picked out a couple of verses here that, uh, if you were paying attention in our services the last few weeks, should sound familiar. We only had a few chapters left of Proverbs, 31 chapters, so chapter 25 gives a lot of interesting direction to how we speak to one another, whether or not we should take ourselves, take our neighbors to court. A lot of really good instruction in the whole chapter here, but specifically verse 21 and 22 is what we wanted to look at today. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Before we jump into the meaning of that, I think it's probably important to say how often this is quoted in the Bible. Jesus talks about it in his Sermon on the Mount to a certain degree, at least the first part about how we should treat our enemies. And also, as Pastor Nauman preached not too long ago, Paul writes and quotes the Proverbs in Romans as well. So in Romans chapter 12, he recently had this quoted in part of his sermon text. So hopefully some of this will be a little bit of recap and refreshment, which is always good to do with God's Word. And so as we go through this, Pastor, maybe we can try to understand both parts here. The first part is how we should treat our enemy, and the second part is what is the hope of what that'll accomplish. So you want to start with one or either one of those? 
Yeah, so it kind of here's how I explained it in the sermon. Kind of, it kind of sounds like Paul. It kind of sounds like Paul through and Jesus and Solomon. All these men speak about this thing. Um, it kind of sounds like they're all saying, "Do something nice so that you can do something mean," <laughs> right? Because why would you want to heap coals of fire on somebody's head? You know, that that's not doesn't sound like a very Christian thing to do. Um, but the idea behind it, I think, is listen. We're called to do good to all, not just you know. And and uh, I think Jesus makes this point too. He says, "What what what benefit is, or what what glory should you receive if you show love to those who love you too?" You know, everyone who it's a very natural thing. If someone's nice to you, you're nice to them. If they love you, you love them back. You know, what why should you receive any extra uh, credit or any extra glory just because you're nice to people who are nice to you? That's very expected. Even unbelievers do that. But what what makes Christians really especially stand out is that. Uh, we are kind even to those who are unkind to us, that we show love even to those who are unloving to us, that we are helpful even to those who are not helpful to us. And that's what, what Solomon tells us to do here. If your enemy is hungry, if someone who is cruel to you is in need, uh, feed them. Give, give feed to your hungry enemy. Give water to your thirsty enemy. Why? Because you just want to be mean to them? No. What The, the lesson here is that your good deeds are going to, hopefully, the, the goal would be, that your good deeds toward this enemy would cause that person's conscience to be pricked because of their bad deeds towards you, and hopefully through their pricked conscience and their thought that why you know why is this person being kind to me that they ask that question that you're able to give them that answer, you know I'm not kind to you because you're so nice to me. Obviously you weren't being nice to me because of what Jesus has done for me, and because of that now those the you know the heaping of coals in your head it's almost like. You can think of like blushing or being embarrassed because of the way that you acted. And hopefully your conscience is pricked. You're led to contrition and repentance over your sins. You turn to Jesus for forgiveness. And hopefully you turn your enemy into a believer. That's the goal here. Um, and that's and it says, and the Lord will reward you. But if you go to Romans, there, uh, there, uh, there Paul says, he summarizes it like this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, I think we can apply this very very strongly to the day and age in which we live. Um, there's uh, a re- the recent events down in Tennessee with the, the beating of this young man who by five police officers, um, all of whom have been fired and are now being pressed or have charges pressed against them for man- uh, murder. Um, you know, that those kind of things can cause a great amount of unrest, um, a great amount of uh, distrust, a great amount of all kinds of uh, sinful reactions. And what does Paul here encourage us? He says, and Solomon encourages us too, don't overcome, don't be overcome by evil. You know, when something evil like that happens, do not let that overcome you and lead you to do more evil as well, but overcome evil with good. And that's the Christian reaction. That's, that's, you know, how can we, you know, how can we here in Mankato, Minnesota, how can we affect any change to that kind of a situation in a, in a different state, in a different town? All we can continue to do is continue to do good. Don't overcome, be overcome by evil, but continue, overcome evil with good. And we can continue that, to do that good by, first of all, recognizing the evil in our own hearts, and then also uh, seeing the good that Jesus did for us by overcoming evil through his good. And now he calls us to live for him and to, to do good even for our enemies, which isn't easy, but that's what Jesus did for us. And it wasn't easy for him either, but he did this for us, and now he calls us to do the same. I think it's also, I like the way you're going with that, the importance of knowing who is our enemy? I mean, we we try to we look at all kinds of people and say, okay, this person's my enemy because of what they're doing. We this person's my enemy maybe because I don't like 
their stereotype or who they are, what kind of person they are. And I think us recognizing that if Jesus says we shouldn't treat, even if we think we have enemies, we shouldn't treat people like our, they're our enemies. We should treat them like a, they're our brothers. We should care for them. We should love them despite how they behave or act or what kind of person they are. You know, whether it be the color of their skin or the, the nationality that they have, you know, we, we, we might have this prejudice or enemies. And Jesus says, no, this is not how you treat these people. And so I like that you brought up that example because ultimately we want to show our love for everyone despite our own, you know, God is impartial. We shouldn't be showing, we shouldn't show partiality when it comes to our love. It should be the same for everyone because that's what God's done for us as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, our hymn of the day is hymn 659 in the red hymnal, which goes like this. Feed thy children, God most holy. Comfort sinners, poor and lowly. O thou bread of life from heaven, bless the food thou here hast given. As these gifts the body nourish, may our souls and graces flourish. Till with saints in heavenly splendor, at thy feast do thanks we render. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.